Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're talking to Leah Petter, who after a career in television in the USA, pursued an MBA at Manchester Reliance and managed to make a triple jump into fintech in the middle of coronavirus. I'll just ask you to introduce yourself, um, tell us your name and where you did your MBA. Hi, my name is Leah Petter. I'm from uh, the US from Tennessee. I did my MBA at the University of Manchester Alliance Manchester Business School. I finished up in April right at the as the pandemic was kind of getting going. So it's been an adventure since, um, but it was overall a fantastic experience. First of all, let's just start off by talking about um, your career prior to the MBA. Um, can you tell us a bit about what you were um, what you were doing before you came to Manchester? Sure. So I um, got my start in television kind of by accident. I think it's a lot of people's like kind of dream jobs. And um, it just happened to be there was a television network group um, headquartered in my hometown. And they were kind of the place to do a, an internship in um, in university. I went there and was able to get an internship. And that kind of took me, it was a great company. It was Scripps Networks at the time. Uh, it's now owned by Discovery. Um, but was able to kind of work in a variety of marketing disciplines. And then um, with the same company, I moved to Washington, D.C. and worked for a few years. I ended up doing some more consumer-facing social media stuff, which was really interesting, and started working specifically for the Travel Channel. Um, and then went through kind of another um, um, stage and moved to New York, also with Travel Channel, and ended up working in creative production um, for a brand team. So essentially, I was making commercials. Um, it was a pretty cool job, you know, being on set and um, getting everything organized. And, and some of it was glamorous. A lot of it was a lot of spreadsheets and um, getting on the phone at the last minute, making sure everybody's arriving on time. But it was a great, uh, great company. But it was, it's quite a limiting industry, actually, that's very small and kind of insular. And um, so I was kind of trying, starting to think about stepping out of uh, entertainment and was having a lot of trouble getting people to trust in my transferable skills since a lot of the work I was doing was quite niche. Um, you know, being able to say like, no, I manage budgets and projects and tight timelines. When what I was really doing was shooting, um, you know, video commercials, if people just weren't really respecting that and maybe I wasn't articulating it well, but I was having trouble trying to leave the industry. So kind of looked around and was like, what is an opportunity to, a, learn more about what out, exists outside of what I know um, and further my education, but not limit myself because I really wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, and that really led me to the MBA. Of It's such um, a great generalist program of just making increasing all of your skills um, and helping you work um, towards a broader knowledge of business um, across, you know, everything from accounting, finance, strategy, um, economics, marketing, operations, the whole gamut. So that was really what led me um, to the MBA in general. And then I was ready for a new adventure um, and wanted to leave the US. So I was looking at um, British and Spanish programs mostly and ended up um, excited to go to Manchester because of the longer um, course. So I did the 18 month course. Um, most of the British programs are only 12 months. Um, and I, since I knew I was going into it in a very exploring kind of phase and, and thoughts, I knew that I wanted as much time as possible to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And Manchester ended up being the perfect choice for that. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, um, I also went into it, into it in quite an exploring type way. And that was the one downside of the 12 month program is it, you know, you can, it can be quite tough if you if you don't go in knowing exactly what you want to kind of have enough time to think it through. Yeah, I have friends that did 12 month programs that were completely satisfied, happy, loved it because they were quite focused. Um, and I knew that wasn't me. And I wanted um, maybe some time to travel and do some other kind of life enriching things, uh, which worked out well, um, as well. Uh, and it ended up just being in addition to being like an incredibly enriching, um, like intellectual exercise, it was just like a life experience that was so valuable and amazing. It's hard to really describe it. So what was the what did you find were the, the most kind of enjoyable parts of the, the whole experience? Part of the Manchester curriculum is really um, focused on group projects and group work. And at first, that could be quite frustrating. You, you get their point, you're like, oh, I like if I could just do it on my own, I could just get it done and it would be fine and we could move on. Um, but then uh, probably once you kind of hit your stride halfway through and are more used to working in these diverse international teams then and everybody around you has kind of developed these um skills as well of like okay well we're going to be incredibly transparent up front on the first day of our new group of like who for everybody um is this project your a priority your priority is getting a job and yours is this project okay now we have like kind of set and just being like blatantly honest of like where we all are and so then that made all those group exercises so incredibly enriching and just the idea of learning from your peers is such a tenet of all MBA programs and that really just kind of drove it home in a very uh, real sense. Um, and just getting to know people um, that one step further than seeing them in a lecture hall uh, was really, really great. Um, so just tell us a bit about, um, I was going to ask you what was the most challenging thing about your MBA experience, um, given that you finished in April this year. Um, I'm guessing that it, it didn't quite end um, as you were expecting to. How, how, how kind of was, was that experience? We really actually lucked out. So our official like last day, I think was April 1st, and we went into lockdown like a week and a half before that. So it was really only like the last final presentations with clients that we've been working with for six months that we really needed to do remotely. Um, so in terms of actually finishing the course, it, it we were very close to it being really difficult, but it was it was not that bad. The hard part was it just kind of ending and the like social and celebratory aspect not being there um, was really tough. And I, um, I was the president of our our class council and I'm just standing by of like we were supposed to have a big fancy ball in a hotel that had to be canceled or postponed at the time we thought it was postponed and I'm like we will do this again sometime it'll probably be next summer or after but like we will all come back together and like appropriately celebrate our accomplishment um so personally that was tough and then um the job market was um just a big fat bummer um <laughs> pretty much um i my initial target industry was travel so for most of the mba i'd been facilitating contacts and travel and then we've all seen what has happened to the industry now and so th that was pretty known even before april that that things were going to be quite slow in that area. So I'd started to pivot and my final project was in FinTech and I discovered a real interest and passion for that. Um, very luckily, because then I was like, you know, I'd be completely happy being in FinTech. So kind of then pivoted and 
but I hadn't really been trying to make contacts in that area throughout the NBA. I'd focused quite heavily on travel. Um, so it was a, an interesting time and, and the visa clock running down um, through the summer. It was, yeah, I think probably one of the most high anxiety times I've ever had of, you know, telling yourself if, if you don't find something, then like it wasn't meant to be. And maybe I was supposed to go back to the US and all of these things and try to make yourself feel more comfortable. But um, luckily it's worked out um, and I'm super happy in my new role um, and very engaged and enjoying it. So it's turned out okay, but that was probably, yeah, April to August was a very stressful time. So TV to FinTech is a big change. What inspired it and how did you position your skills and experience to employers? Yes, it definitely is a big change. And I don't know that I really would have been able to tell you what FinTech was, aside from the obvious, um, before coming into the NBA. Um so I've always been really interested in like my personal finances. Like I've always been kind of an early adopter of different tools and things um, and been into yeah different types of investments and getting all the best credit card points and things. But I always just enjoyed that and never really thought of it as like that it was really like even a hobby. That's a weird word for it, but didn't really think of it as an interest of mine. It was just something that I enjoyed doing. Um and so then when in the NBA, like fintech speakers started to come and I would be like, oh, like they're the people making the products that I use and enjoy personally. Um, and so things were starting to kind of click together. And then when it came time for our final project, which is the International Business Project, um, we had, I don't even know how many projects, but a number of projects. And then we all had to pitch for, I think, three or four of them. And so you had you got a brief and then had to write up the pitch. And my team was phenomenal, but we were very diverse. So we could kind of go many different directions. And weirdly enough, there was um, a creative production uh, company was in the mix. And I was like, how? I never thought my experience would help me pitch for something. But we had that. And then we had one of my teammates was um, um, in deep in finance and, um, and markets. And we had a really great brief come up from a client that was focusing on these digital um, digital investment tools. And so we really wanted that, but it was, of course, the most competitive bid in the whole thing. Um, so we were lucky enough, uh, well, we worked really hard, but then we're also lucky enough to get um, selected and um, to work on that project. And it was working that project um, that really kind of cemented my interest because we talked to um, people in, was it, we to Germany, Japan, China, and the UK, talking to consumers about how they kind of manage their fi personal finances, particularly when it comes to digital tools and how they view these um, new apps coming up and all these new services and what would make their life easier and what do they really want and what do they not care about and having these really personal conversations with people um, that really connected with like, oh, well, I do that. No, oh, I've never thought of that and things like that really really um, was very powerful. Um, and a lot of it was focused on like, what are the stressors in this financial wellness, which is a very hot topic these days. Um, so I kind of started nerding out on all of that stuff. Um, and so then when the company I'm working with now is called Earned, and we are an on-demand pay solution. So we work with employers um, to enable their users uh, or their employees, our users, um, to access their pay um, when and how they need it rather than having to wait for payday. Um, so it's just a new way of um, increasing the flexibility and the amount of control that um, employees have over their own pay. Because uh, essentially, employees are kind of 
funding um, their employer or helping with cash flow for the whole month when they're owed money. Um, and so we're kind of trying to shake that up. And so it ended up being a perfect role that combined I'm um, doing um, kind of B2B to C marketing. Um, so communicating to the employees within our company clients um, and telling them all about earned and how they can use it and how it's beneficial to them. Um, so it really combined my background in comms and marketing and project management because I'm building out the function um, and digital transformation stuff with my then interest in um, fintech area and all this financial stress, financial wellness, consumer financial behavior, decision making stuff that I kind of worked on for the past, I guess I ended up being about eight months. And so it was just this like everything came together perfectly and um it was a yeah, great company that's owned by Greensill Capital, which has the strong um, connections to a Manchester business school. So it was a referral actually from a classmate of mine that had been in um, the Greensill MBA program who heard of this. And so I was able to get into the pipeline um, even before a job was posted. And so it's just things like that, that it was absolutely like the experience of my MBA plus the context of my MBA got me this great role and have helped me make the next step. What was the biggest challenge then you faced in your job search, aside from coronavirus and that deadline? Trying to overcome the misconceptions about my background um, and really figuring out how to communicate these transferable skills in a way that people would listen. Um, I think particularly getting into tech, there's, they have a, there's a lot of talent already in tech companies and they have very little incentive to take a risk on anybody that hasn't been in tech before. And so I think the MBA helped me a lot with that, particularly these projects that I got to work on. I also ended up doing a kind of pro bono consulting for a great new startup that's being has been founded by um, one of our grads. It's called Pause. Look it up. It's a new streaming platform for independent films. Um, so I was able through my connections and through my MBA experience to not fake it. It was real experience in tech, but to just like put get that on my CV because that's what really was difficult was even getting a conversation started with people um, because they really, yeah, in tech, they just seem to think that like we move faster than everybody. We're more innovative. Like other people can't keep up and you're like, give other people a chance. Like their people want to learn and want to be challenged. So I think that was a really hard to overcome those misconceptions. And it was a bit hard, like trying to kind of downplay some of my TV experience and like push it further down the CV and fewer and fewer bullet points. You're like, that was such an impactful part of my life. And I learned so much and so many of those skills are applicable. But yeah, it was a bit disheartening to figure out how to position it to get into these places and get conversations started. Um, was a bit challenging for sure. I totally understand that with your CV and pushing it down, but thinking, oh my gosh, but this is such a big part of my life. I, I worked in entertainment as well, doing some more on the front end. Um, uh, I did a lot of commercials, but as as the the, the talent, but I also worked uh, in in music, and it is true you end up pushing that stuff down, and and part of you is thinking, but that was that was so much of my of my professional experience, and you feel kind of bad about it. Exactly, and you're like you don't want to minimize it because you want to shout from the rooftops of like, no, these industries have so much value and teach people so many skills, and like they are businesses, they're huge businesses that make tons of money, and yet they're kind of seen as a bit fluffy. Um, and I, I will say it was a big slow moving corporate that I came from, quite traditional, so there were a lot of differences. Um, but mm -hmm. it is 
yeah, I don't think that they quite get as much respect. Uh, those industries get as much respect uh, as they should. I always always get so excited and like strategy when Netflix would come up or Comcast, and you'd be like, oh yes, I can talk to this. And like, there's so many interesting takeaways from businesses like this. Um, but they really, yeah, don't get Netflix. It's brought up again and again, of course. But some of these other um, behemoth, behemoths like Disney, I don't think it's enough um, gets enough coverage in MBA programs, or at least in ours. Um, been reading Bob Iger's um, autobiography and it's really really interesting and there's so many good learnings from it um, and I just yeah, yeah that's my push to well and to just get more creatives into MBAs I think it perhaps had more value for me because I had so much more to learn than it did for any of the accountants or finance people um, it was all new to me and all exciting um, whereas I think some people it was just more of an extension of things they've already been doing I totally agree. I was so excited because I thought, oh my gosh, this is all so new. And, and I was just so hungry to find out everything I didn't know. Exactly. And so you talked about how getting those experiences through the MBA really helped boost your CV so that you could show that you've had that experience. Are there other specific tips that you you could give people that maybe want to make a similar transition? I was um, interned at a um, startup the summer in the middle of the MBA. And it was a tiny startup in um, Hackney in London. They were doing ticketing. They're kind of like an event bright competitor. Um, and it was a great team to work with. And I just was brought in to just do an operations overhaul, just look at every single part of the business. Um, and I learned so much, but it was also just kind of introduced me to the London tech scene. Um, and so that founder, he had a lot of friends and we'd just go out for drinks afterwards and chat with people. And it was people that like very tenuous connections, but just kind of starting to learn their lingo and like how these people talk and what they care about, I think was perhaps even more valuable than actually knowing them specifically. Um, there's an organization called Embolden Her that is like women in tech in London networking and you are kind of put into this pool and then every week they'd randomly pair you with um, somebody else. And so then you'd have set up a coffee or do a call or a Zoom after lockdown started. And that was so great because it was just women across the tech industry um, that would have really informal chats with. And it was so valuable to just like talk to a product manager and be like, can you really tell me what you do? And that was really important, I think, for me was just getting that foundation and understanding. And I've now come into this role with such a better like grasp of what the ecosystem is like and what the expectations for different roles are, um, which as an outsider was quite difficult to grasp. Kind of adding on to the job, the, the idea of getting a job in the UK as an American, how did you find out that that company was going to sponsor? And what was the visa process like? What was the sponsorship process like? Um, so this, luckily enough, um, as I mentioned, so the parent company of the startup is um, very closely aligned with um, the business school, um, the Manchester Business School. So that was uh, the main reason that I knew that they that they sponsored. Um, and it like the, every year they take a cohort of MBA interns that then they hire automatically. And so it's just a very strong relationship that... Um, was really beneficial and thankfully it was then carrying over to the startup. I, um, that was really great. And I will say I got advice from, um, actually one of the women that I did that networking with of if you're targeting, um, if you want to be in startups and you need a visa to target the, um, companies that are between 
that are probably like round B funding, like A to B, um, because at that point they're, particularly in the UK, they're going to need to scale so much that there's not going to be enough UK talent to fulfill their needs most likely, particularly with Brexit. So like they're going to have to be able to sponsor at that level and they have enough funding to do it. Um, so that really helped also looking at that startup area to try to kind of try and call um, in that middle phase of like um, that they're in this high growth um, and have some funding, I think was very important um, to to that visa, the visa process. Cause there were a lot of people that were like, Oh yeah, we'll look into sponsoring. And I, a number of my classmates got burned by that of like, yeah, like I, I think we'll be able to do it. And they actually look at it and it really isn't that hard and it really isn't that expensive, but there's just a mental barrier that people have. You knew about the job because the, of the school's connections. That's really useful. But also targeting during a certain phase of the, of the funding round. Yeah, because I hit the some other ones, some a lot of the other fintechy ones that were in that growth phase, like the ones that are starting to hit new cycles and are on this hiring spree, they were all quite open to sponsorship and it didn't seem to be a barrier. The bigger organizations, like Amazon, I think throws out visas like candy, um, if you can get in the door. Um, but some of these other ones, like Sky was surprisingly very, very hesitant to sponsor um, that stopped me at multiple, multiple roles there. And so like, I, that was even pre COVID. So, um, it is an interesting exercise and can be very, yeah, difficult of being like, am I being rejected because of the visa thing or because of something else? And so you like go back and forth of like, is it me or the visa? I don't know. But I'm just curious to know, obviously your classmates that graduated, um, at the same time as you, How's the job market been generally for people? Like, is it have most people found it quite a struggle, or most people that didn't have things lined up before the pandemic have had quite a struggle? And I think I don't know our most recent numbers actually. Um, more people have found things than expected, um, actually, but it's still like there's a lot of really talented, really smart people that just haven't found the right thing um, or are waiting it out until they'll find a great thing. And so again, that's why I think where people have had to make decisions of like, do I keep like looking for the perfect thing or do I take something just to take it? And I think that people have gone different directions um, on that. Um, Yeah. Overall it's yeah been, been pretty tough, but then there's yeah some really great success stories that are really interesting and exciting. And um, I think a lot of our class had, kind of um formal program formal MBA program offers prior to the pandemic and so I know some of them were like second guessing that at first like did I decide too early and then this happened they're like oh no this is this is good we'll just stick with this um so yeah it has a way of reshuffling your priorities for sure I really enjoyed that one. Um, she's just very engaging, isn't she? Yeah, really engaging, really easy to talk to. And I think, at least for me, I felt like the experience, her experience, and and both work-wise, but also the kind of the struggles, I felt I really got them. I was like, oh, yes, I understand what you mean. Yeah, when she was saying that stuff in the beginning about getting people to take your experience seriously and things, I was like, that is just it's like the perfect articulation of how I felt um, and kind of why we started this in some ways as well. Uh, Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed that one. 
I found it really interesting when Leah brought up about the sponsorship and targeting sponsorship at the was it A to B funding? Yeah, so the the ones that are kind of in between, um, in between sizes. Yeah, I thought that was a really good tip because I wouldn't have thought to to do that. And so I feel like if you can focus on that area, you kind of cut out the ones that are before, then it helps you just kind of tar- target better, more efficiently. When you're, I think when you're applying for roles and you need sponsorship, it's so, it can feel a little bit like a needle in a haystack. So being able to narrow it down a bit really helps. But yeah, I think it was interesting as well about the, um, obviously the way that their course ended um yes they were very lucky to be able to get in um almost everything before the pandemic hit but then it is so sad missing out on those final social things and I know that in the context of everything that's happened it's you know it's not the biggest problem but also um yeah it's a real shame for them that they didn't have like the the end of their course that they were expecting Absolutely. I mean, I even even for our class, the ones that didn't graduate in the winter and wanted to graduate in summer, I feel so bad because they they missed they missed the graduation. You no, know, you know, it's not even it's not really a the social. I mean, we had a social month as well. I think in August, but mm. the graduation is a special day, and especially especially after all of that hard work. Yeah, and I think especially if you're not living in the UK as well, it's kind of that opportunity yeah. to kind of come back and see everyone and. Um, yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's all from today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. You can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at The Modern MBA, and Twitter at MBA Modern. And aside from Apple Podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, bye! Bye!